everyone, and welcome to the Snap Count Podcast. Tina, how does it feel to be back? <laughs> we are the most unpredictable podcasters. Yeah, we're not really on too much of a schedule here, <laughs> so we appreciate your uh, patience with us as far as uploading and getting these done. Um, we were, <laughs> it, we're in a very kind of laughing, giggly mood right now because we were just reminiscing on a story from a couple nights ago where... Uh, Tina has this really, really good floss. Like, I don't know where she got it, but it's this it's this dental floss that's, like, it's very, like, thick and kind of almost, like, grainy. And it, it just is, you can, when you use it, you can just feel how it's just high-quality floss. Dr. Tongs, I think that's the right one. Yeah, so um, I just kind of started using it without even asking her. I just was kind of on the on the um, bathroom bathroom counter, and I just started grabbing it and using it. Um, and I, so I've been loving using it. And the, the other night, I, she was on the bed, and I was flossing as I was, I was talking to her, and I was standing up. Um, and I, I ripped off the the piece of floss to, to use it, kind of as you do. You just kind of rip off the little string. And then I just nonchalantly just took the whole thing instinctively and just threw the whole piece of floss in the trash can, just the, as I was talking with her. floss container. Floss container in the trash can. Just mid-conversation. I'm just having a conversation with her, rip it off, and just throw it in the trash can, not really realizing I did that. I don't know why my brain made me just instinctively <laughs> throw the whole container into the trash can. But Tina just stopped. I mean, we're having a conversation. Tina just stops and goes, did you just throw my floss away? Uh, and I was like, I think I just did. Uh, so we were laughing. that. And then the other night, when I after I was got, got done using the floss, my, my hand like instinctively like went to throw it away in the trash can. I don't know why I'm like instinctively think that once I take the floss off to throw the whole container away. Point is, um, we... The point been, is, that is the original sin. The point is, that is the original sin. And that's a fantastic transition into talking about what we are going to talk about today in this third episode of the Snap Count Podcast. Um, we wanted to talk about original sin. Um, we had some ideas and some thoughts. We were having a conversation about this. And we're like, why don't we Why don't we do an episode on this? Why don't we talk about our thoughts on original sin? So uh, original sin to both of us, I think I speak for both of us when I say this is kind of a bizarre, this is kind of a bizarre idea. Foreign. For, foreign, foreign idea to both of us. Um, we both didn't grow up being super religious. Uh, we didn't grow up in that sort of paradigm, uh, in a lot of ways. I didn't even know, I, I don't even think I can, I don't even think I understand where the concept of original sin fully comes from. Yeah, there's a, uh, St. Augustine is one of the, the main, I, I, so I, I talked to my dad about this because I, I, um, we were discussing with him the concept of original sin and I, I... Um, to a lot of people, this is just what they grew up in. This is just the waters they grew up in. They they grew up um, in a, some sort of religious structure that uh, taught this idea of original sin. And, and how I understand original sin is that it's the idea that humans are born inherently sinful. They start out mm -hmm. sinful, um, and this is why humans need to be saved by God and allow uh, Jesus Christ into their hearts, uh, because they are inherently sinful, and because of that, um, they need to be, they start off from being that way and then they need to be saved. So I was asking my dad about this concept because I find it a totally, totally bizarre um, and and foreign concept. Um, so I was asking my dad about this particular idea and he, he talked about, um, it came from St. Augustine um, and it originally comes from the story of Adam and Eve uh, because Adam and Eve uh, uh, disobey God and disobey the orders um, of God and eat from the, the tree of knowledge and talk to the serpent. Um, you know so much more than I do. <laughs> like, so I, apparently, I, apparently I know a little bit more than uh, Tina, which is fine. Um, 
So this is, and, and talk, we, Tina and I have been working with people who have talked to us about uh, how they grew up with this idea of original sin, and they grew up in uh, being taught that they were inherently sinful, and original sin is a, is a thing that they are born into the world with. Um, and that what's truest about you is that you're bad, you're wrong, you can't be trusted. I think that's the, that feels like a linchpin to me, that what's truest about someone, I don't want to say me because I don't want to attach that to myself, is that you can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. So you can't trust yourself because what's truest about you is bad, wrong, confused. When people are doing things that are really kind of out of bounds, out of sorts, messy, we always call it human. Which, sure, like, we're all navigating this experience and it's not easy a lot of the time. But why do we call the messiest parts of ourselves, quote unquote, human? It's like it keeps reinforcing this idea Mm, mm. that we all have divinity within us. And that's when we're loving and compassionate. And that's all true. I mean, that's Source's perspective is that we are unconditional love. But so then we've associated being quote unquote human with the parts of us that we're ashamed of or trying to grow from or trying to heal from like that. I feel like it just continues to reinforce this idea that to be human is to be wrong or bad. Sure, it's going to feel messy, but that's like if you could talk to a toddler about how it feels to learn how to walk, I'm sure they don't feel graceful at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the thing that's so problematic about this idea of original sin is the, the guilt and the shame that this creates in people. Oof. And guilt and shame are such uh, low vibration emotions. And that it, it, feeling, those, feeling those emotions um, and, and letting those be in your body is, is bringing, I mean, it's, it's incredibly dense and it's, it's bringing... Um, incredibly low vibration uh, energies into you, and you think about operating in the world then with those in you, um, that's going to profoundly impact your life um, in some ways that aren't desirable and, and that aren't good. And I think that uh, it really brings me back to this this idea of starting points in life. Mm-hmm. Starting where we start from in mm-hmm. life and... and where we start from in any given situation is so important. Like yeah. the mindset, the perspective, the orientation that we take going into things is such a crucial part of the things we do in our life. So, yeah. for example, I mean, you you can take you can use this you can you apply this to really anything. Like if you're if you're going in to ask your boss for a raise, if you're starting from the starting point of feeling disempowered feeling very intimidated, fearful, uh, feeling kind of weak. Or maybe um, just even pissed. Or even just pissed. Uh, that you're going into that conversation with your boss about discussing about having a, discussing about you having a raise. Uh, you're going in from not a great place. Like the, yeah. starting point from so, for the starting point for so many things in our life um, is so important. And we, we have a world that, uh, we have a world of so much war and conflict and violence and political polarization. And a lot of people's starting point in life is this starting point of separation, the starting point of I am different 
from what's out there. I am different from my, my neighbor. I am different from the planet. We look at the way we treated the planet and we, we have a, a starting point of separation and uh, alienation. Uh, and I think that the original sin kind of epitomizes this idea of, for me of a bad starting point of yeah. the idea that we are inherently sinful, the idea that humans are inherently wrong, the idea that humans are inherently, there's something inherently wrong with humans um, and they need to be saved by some other force. Right. This is a bad starting point. Yeah. Like, like this is, and th this is why um, we started at the beginning by kind of talking about this is just like a kind of bizarre and foreign idea to me because um, this is just a crap idea. This is just it's, a... It is a terrible idea and it's not, some things are crap ideas and they're benign. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like... I don't know. I'm thinking about some product that just doesn't kind of deliver what it promised to deliver. And you're like, well, I don't know that the premise of that whole thing was great. I tried it. It's, it just doesn't work. This is a crap idea that has caused extraordinary damage to the humans and therefore to each other in this planet for thousands of years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It create absolutely. It, it really, this, and this is why it, it feels so good to call it a crap idea because it, yeah. when, when you can call ideas that are harmful on this kind of mass scale, when you can kind of call them out for being terrible. Yeah, it's um, just there, like a full-on boundary. There's something therapeutic about it. And this yeah. is coming from someone who didn't grow up with this idea yeah. of me thinking I was originally sinful or there was something inherently wrong with me. So if it feels therapeutic and cathartic for me to say that, I mean, I can't imagine for people that actually grew up with this idea um, being pushed upon them. And I, it, this idea of original sin uh, creates this, this separation between uh, humans and the divine ultimately, because it says as a human, you are born into right. this world as a human, there's a, something wrong with you, and yeah. then you need God or whatever the, the word for the divine is to come in and save you. And it creates this creates this, this fundamental separation between you and the divine, yeah. and it also creates this fear of the world and the divine and this life, because it creates this, you need to fear God because you need to somehow have God save you and you need to fear God because God's judging you for being sinful. So it's this it, it very, very problematic here. Well, then it becomes the ultimate reason why when people start questioning their religious beliefs and their upbringing, and Trace and I have no issue with Christianity or Jesus or anything like that in its like purest, truest form. Absolutely. What we take issue with is when people are being indoctrinated into something that there's so much fear and untruth behind that they then stay, they aren't even confident to go with their own impulses about leaving or questioning or, um, you know, going from a pre-rational place of it, of like, this is just what I was indoctrinated into, I'm just going to keep believing or else I might go to hell, to a trans-rational place with it, which is like where you and I are at, which is like Jesus or Christ consciousness is a very, very, very powerful energy, a benevolent, powerful energy that you can feel, you can experience, you can tune into, you can receive healing from, as are a bunch of other energies that other religious systems have described 
and that it's it's one of many ways in which us as humans are actually being supported. We are so beloved that we are actually being supported at all times. That if anything, the original sin thing, it's like completely upside down. No, we take on this density as humans in order to keep growing and learning in our compassion and our love. It's not because there's something wrong with us. And here I'll go into a belief that you can or, or cannot take however it resonates with you. But like, here's an invitation that our souls are actually brave enough to come in and incarnate as humans in order to have these experiences, in order to keep growing as souls, in order for the consciousness to continue to experience itself in new ways of love. Mm. That's like the ultimately most loving thing that could be done as opposed to the most sinful thing of being incarnated. And then, oh, by the way, the ways in which it's Valentine's Day that we're recording this. I feel like this is super appropriate because it's all about true unconditional love. And it's also about like very carnal human, like love experienced as creating another human being that requires sex. Well, why was sex made to be so bad? Well, the output of sex is a original, like a new sin. Mm. Like that, that you or I were conceived of sin and then we come in and we're sick. Like that just feels fucking terrible. Oh, horrible. Horrible. <laughs> and no wonder it gets perpetuated because I can think of all these different people and all these different paradigms where one might say, well, then if this original sin isn't true, then why do I feel these things inside? Why do I have intrusive thoughts about, you know, doing crazy, harmful things to myself or others? Or why do I have um, these awful feelings of shame? Or And so it's like, original sin is like used to, used to justify the heaviest, densest energies or emotions that are in us instead of actually seeing it as the opposite which is those things were only taken on by trauma or wounding and the human experience provides trauma and wounding period like nobody's free of that we we are purest unconditionally loving selves that come into a little baby's body experience the harsh world in one way or another and we get big T or we get little T traumas all along the way, those are the only things that are untrue. Those are the things to heal, to come back to truth of who we actually are, which is source. Those are not things that should be used to validate that we are originally sinful and then somehow what deserved this shit or these feelings. No, <laughs> it's like the complete opposite. Yeah, what 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 you're saying is so important. That just just that flip of like we had these these power structures and these these religious institutions. I mean, you, and you think about a power structure trying to maintain its power. It's very conducive to maintaining that power to teach people this idea that they're uh, inherently sinful, and then reinforcing all of the negative all the negative feelings and beliefs in them, reinforcing that with some doctrine about that that's. 
showing showing that there's some truth that they are and there's something inherently wrong about them and actually flipping that no actually it's the source and or whatever word you want to give source god consciousness spirit um is unconditional love and that's truth with a capital t um and anything other than that is untrue and it's so and that's what the, what all the religion all the, the core of all religions were originally teaching that the core of all religions were teaching that you are not only unconditionally loved by the divine, you actually are the divine. No matter what you do, you have always been divine. You always mm -hmm. will be divine. There only is the divine. Any religion that's teaching based on fear or uh, original sin or, or teaching people that there's something inherently wrong with them is a complete corruption and a complete misinterpretation right. of what was at the core of the Jesus message, what was at the core mm -hmm. of all these religious uh, messages. So it's it's really when you look at it from this, when you kind of take this more broader view and see that these were, this is this has been a, a useful idea for for these power structures to have power over other people. Um, and it was actually reinforcing some very negative uh, things. that was complete un untruth. Um, you see how how much of this has really become a corruption of the original message. Um, and what a better what a better starting point than the idea that you're there's you're inherently sinful what a better starting point to start from no you are inherently loved you inherently are pure love mm -hmm. um there's nothing you could do that would um get that love taken away from you um source always loves you uh and every at every moment of your life you have been loved um and there's nothing you could do to, that they would take that away. Mm -hmm. So I mean, think about the the when I, talk, when I talked about starting points. If we had that starting point, um, that's a much better starting point to start off from. This, like you were saying, the starting point of these things are capital T truth, love, um, beauty, uh, unconditional love are all capital T true. Those other things are not capital T true. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a look, think about the world that would be created. If that was the starting point rather than the starting point of uh, wrong being wrong and sinful and separation, um, it's, it would be a fundamentally different world. And I, I immediately think of like, well, how do you know this? So let's spend some time talking about how we know this. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is think about the people in your life who are most truly loving. And I'm talking about unconditional love. So sometimes that's, really compassionate, nurturing love. Sometimes that might be tough love, but they're truly loving. Can you imagine that person ever going out and proactively murdering someone? Or deciding to intentionally cause harm? I would be willing to bet the answer is a pretty clear no. But then think about the people in your life who are confused about this. They're living in separation. Maybe they do or maybe they don't believe in original sin per se, but they're just not convinced and you know they're not convinced that what's truest about them is good, what's truest about them is love and loving, that they're grappling with their separateness, they're grappling with the decisions they make, resentment, regret, they're kind of punishing to themselves and others. Aren't those same people that I just described 
the most unpredictable humans in your life. As far as if you said, like, are you sure they'd never do X, Y, or Z? You're like, mm, pretty sure. I don't want to believe that they could do that. But I'm not entirely certain, right? Like, there's just like a... And then we'll go a step further. Okay, what about the people who actually are, like, serial killers? Are any of those people, like, right in the head? Are any of those people meditating... I'm talking about, like, all the way up until they actually did the thing. You know, I'm not talking about whether or not they choose a different path afterwards. Like, no. They they are dealing with severe mental, emotional imbalance. Maybe caused by trauma. Maybe caused by something else. I don't know. But that's a very, very, very small percentage of the population. So are we actually going to use the fact that some humans do terrible things to try to justify that what's truest about all of us when we come in or there's this, like, perfect little newborn baby that, that we're all bad? I mean, that seems like, first of all, just way too big of a gamble to take. That anything could possibly go well on Earth if everybody's coming in as bad. Just to kind of logic our way through it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, if, if it was, I think we'd have a much worse world than we do today if, it right. was, if that was the truth. Which I know kind of sounds funny because it's like you can look around the world and be like, yeah, but a lot of shit is really fucked up. It's like, yeah, that is true. But like, if you really take this, if you take this to its logical conclusion that every single person is born so much worse. this inherently sinful, it would be so much worse. Because yeah. you're making a really, really important point here that the majority of people aren't awful people. Yeah. The majority of people aren't doing horrific crimes and just doing whatever the hell they want to do. The majority of people are, yeah, everyone has their flaws and, sure. their, and their, you know, their inconsistencies and their... Yeah. There, there are times that they're not acting as their higher self. Of course. No one's perfect. What percentage of that is hanger or yeah, dehydration? What, <laughs> everyone has their hanger and dehydration. But the majority of people are are good people who who are doing doing good in the world and, and not acting like complete, you know, sinful lunatics. Right. Uh, so it, it, when, you really, when you really look at this idea of, of uh, original sin... Um, you really start to it really starts to crumble in, in yeah. my opinion of like how how destructive and how just like not even of a great idea is it <laughs> right you know what I mean like, and I feel like that was a really easy good way for us to use our logic brains to, sure of course but so let's pop to the other side of it like from your own spiritual awakenings how do you know that this isn't capital T true yeah from my own awakenings my my own awakenings have been into the fact that um, everything, everything is a manifestation of love. Uh, divine, the divine and love are synonymous. Um, I, I, before my awakenings, I used to think that love was just a really nice human emotion. Like, oh yeah, you can, love is the opposite of hate. You know, like you can hate someone and you can love someone and love is beautiful. We love, you love your, your partner. You love your, your wife. You love your husband. Um, you love your kids. Um, love is a great thing and, and love is something that the songs are written about and movies are made about, but it, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was just like a, a thing that humans express and like a thing that human, like human emotion. Um, my awakening was into the fact that no love is so much deeper than just a thing that humans express and a, a human emotion. I mean, that, that, that's wonderful. And that is an expression of love. Uh, but love itself is actually existential and 
um, it's actually just a capital T truth. Like the, the actual, this whole reality is just pure love. It's love experiencing itself. Um, there's nothing actually actual other than love, which I know can sound like a, it can sound like a weird, it can sound like a weird thing to say because it's like, but why is there so much awful stuff out in the world? Why is there so much war? Why is there so much conflict? Why is there so much hate? Um, and it's, it's one of the things that's hardest to, to reconcile about this yeah. human experience that uh, I think especially when you've had an awakening into the nature of love and the nature of the fact that um, this all of reality is love and the divine is love is that how do you then reconcile the awful things? And I think there's I think there's tons of different ways to look at that, tons mm-hmm. of different ways to answer that. And this is actually one of the, the universal universal questions of the human experience. Jesus asks, God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, that, that, that is a central message in the Bible is actually the doubt of mm-hmm. and the, the, the difficulty in reconciling the some of the things we experience in this human experience with the actual true nature of uh, true nature of, of this life. For me, the just my profound awakenings into um, what I actually am, what this whole experience actually mm-hmm. is, um, and the fact that love there's nothing actually actual other actually other than love. Um, the whole thing is love. So how how would how would how would this idea of humans being inherently sinful and being separate from the divine, separate from love, um, how would that idea hold up after experiencing that the whole thing is is pure love? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really it's it's a really beautiful experience. It's hard to put into words. Um, it's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to articulate in a in a coherent way. But just a a deep awakening and a deeper realization that no matter what we do, we are loved by the divine. We are the divine, um, and there's no and that's really that really should be the starting point for our world a bet a new earth a better world is created from that starting point rather than the starting point um that there's something wrong with us coming in mm-hmm. to this world mm. that's all so beautiful and it's true it's it's the same thing that i felt and yes we put the word love i don't think there's a better word to put to source energy I mean, all we're doing is trying to put a descriptor, right? But the highest vibration is unconditional love and, of course, sources of the highest vibration. And when we... So in Theta Meditation, it's believed that the Theta brainwave is how we connect to the pure awareness of source within. And so... When we experience source within, the only label we can give it is love. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what makes the most sense to give it, right? But I still understand there's, like, a leap there. But what leap would you rather take? The leap that we are unconditional love, that we can and do heal ourselves. And do I mean, like, oh, don't go get that surgery that's been recommended? No, that's... That's between you and your doctors and and you and your intuition and all that. But the point is that we're healing ourselves all the time. Like, for example, cancer only grows in the body when there's been a breakdown of the process by which cells that are ready to die are actually extracted from the body and and the whole, like, process is allowed to complete itself. Cancer is those cells that are supposed to be dying or extracted, let's say. Clearly not a biologist or anything else. Um, 
art being removed and instead they collect. So what does that mean? We have potentially cancerous cells in our body at many different points in time through our lives that quite often don't manifest into cancer because our body's intelligence is able to keep the process flowing in a particular way that allows us to retain health instead of this disease that we call cancer, right? So that's just one example. But anytime anyone's ever had a cold or a flu and you've made it through, your body has healed at some point in time. Maybe or maybe not, you've taken outside medication or something, but at the end of the day, there are major processes going on at all times to be restoring our health. Same thing with having an injury. Like, we have these miraculous bodies that can do a ton. Not saying that science or even holistic medicine or anything else doesn't help and support that. Clearly it does. Our lifespans are very different compared to what they were hundreds or thousands of years ago. But these bodies have this innate intelligence in them. That source within. It's source that knows how to heal. Mm. And so for me, it just makes sense to call that unconditional love. And I think in the spiritual community, it's kind of like largely agreed upon that we call source energy unconditional love. But at the end of the day, that is just a term that we've chosen to use to describe an experience and to describe an energy. It just feels better, even if it was purely placebo effect, to meditate on... I am source, I am unconditional love, I am connected to light, I can bring healing light and energy through me, then what, to sit around and meditate on I am sinful? <laughs> or what? what's the alternative, like pray your way out of your sins? Mm-hmm. Turn it over to somebody else, begging for forgiveness, basically, for some outside source? I think forgiveness is a beautiful practice, but I don't think it has anything to do with who you originally are. I think it has useful implications at times in our lives when there are situations that we can't necessarily reconcile. And so we're trying to come to peace and forgiveness is a path to peace. But we're not forgiving or asking for forgiveness because we or anybody else is just inherently wrong or bad. We're actually just trying to restore truth. Mm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I, you can even look, you can look at how l- love is what actually motivates all of us. Mm-hmm. No matter what any of us are seeking, no matter what any of us mm-hmm. want in our life, it ultimately is love. And sometimes, and initially that can feel like a, huh? But if you actually think about it, if you actually think about no matter what, whether it's the person wants a family, whether it's the person wants a really nice house and a nice car, you want that feeling of satisfaction and you want that feeling of love. It's actually the thing that motivates us all. And it's actually, I believe, a source calling all of us back mm-hmm. to itself. And that's why love is always the highest motivator and the highest energy that we're all moving towards. No matter what we're, even people that are doing really awful things, like even, even, even terrorists, Terrorists are still, when they do terrorism, they're, they're 
it sounds weird to say, but they're seeking love. It's just in a very twisted way. Mm-hmm. It's in a very low consciousness way. Um, but everything ultimately comes back to love, and we can just see this in the behaviors of humans. Mm-hmm. And I love that you, I love that you um, keep. We will. We both keep mentioning unconditional love because that word is really important. Mm-hmm. Unconditional love. That unconditional means that you don't have to meet conditions in order mm-hmm. for you to be loved. You don't have to um, do certain things. You don't have to. Um, behave a certain way or do follow a specific set of rules in order to ultimately be loved in order to ultimately be saved um, even though I don't really like that word saved um, because it implies that at one point uh, you were you were separate from the from the divine in some way um, but that uh, the idea of original sin teaches that um, you have to it's it's conditional love essentially you have to do something you have to um, whatever you have to meet some sort of criteria in order it's to like be, entering a contract entering a contract and that's not that's not the energy of uh, that's not what the universe is the universe isn't no. conditional love the universe isn't love and then it's like one of those commercials you know at the end where they say the things really fast like side effects may include blah 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 it's not like universe is love um, so if you, you do have to worship Jesus and let him into your heart uh, it's not it, no it's <laughs> unconditional love there's no sort of voice over at the end that's saying those things really fast the conditions you have to meet um, so I, I, I love that that unconditional, unconditional love uh, is is a love that you don't have to to work towards, and you don't have to. And now, and now, uh, a response to some of this is, well, okay, hold on. If if you're love, no matter what, if you're divine, no matter what, then what's what's the what's stopping me? What's what's stopping humans from just doing horrible things? Because if I just go out and murder someone, well, I'm still loved. I'm still divine. Isn't this idea of that we're sinful and we need to be saved? Isn't this keeping some sort of order on humanity? Like, isn't it actually problematic to go down this road of we're all just, you're just unconditionally loved no matter what, you're divine no matter what? Because then what's stopping us from doing horrible acts? That can sometimes be a response to this kind of talk. And the thing that's most most interesting about that is we're not being stopped from doing these horrible things from fear. That is the wrong place to come from as far as keeping humans like the assumption that we would want to do that exactly exactly like and nothing has to stop me from doing that because i don't have any impulse to do that well and 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 the most important thing is that when you align to this truth when you feel this love deep in your heart then that's not even something that you would consider or even feel like doing so so sometimes when people are so locked into this paradigm that humans are prevented from doing bad things because of fear and we actually need fear in order for humans to stop uh, in order to, to stop humans from from acting on these impulses and doing these bad things well it's actually flipping it and saying actually waking up to unconditional love and waking up to the fact that you are divine is actually what allows you to live a life and live from your heart in such a way that you you don't even those don't those kind of things those kind of acts don't even cross your radar because it's so mm-hmm. not in alignment with who you are um, in this life, so it's it's a it's an alignment to truth that actually stops those. Um, well, and it's funny because like, how would being being an original sinner, how would that ever prevent you from? If anything, it feels like it justifies you murdering exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. Like, well, you're bad and wrong anyway, and so are they. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't we try to just take everybody off the planet, if if that was true? Like, it, it would actually be beneficial to get rid of all of us if we're all bad. Exactly. But then, of course, oh no, Jesus has saved some of them. So then, hello, holy wars. Like, 
hello being mean to other people becomes justified. And I'm thinking of so many instances where I can recall heavily religious people having an attitude of judgment towards people who are not their religion or not as religious, where would we ever get permission to be that judgmental? Mm, mm. Oh, because everybody is bad and wrong, except for now us, because we've chosen to be saved by Jesus. So we're now good. We're now in the clear. Everybody else is still bad and wrong. Okay. It's so twisted. (laughs) Not, I mean, I understand if you actually believed that, why people would behave in the way that they behave, but that does, that is like the farthest thing from aligning to who we truly are. Yeah. As my mom would say, that's so bass backwards. <laughs> that is bass backwards. Bass backwards. Yeah. Here, I think this is probably a good topic for us to end on is what do you do if... You are somebody who has grown up fully buying into being an original sinner and it feels so deep that even though you're like, yeah, you're, you're speaking to my head, Tina, I get it. You're even speaking to my heart, but I can't get this out of my subconscious. I can't get this out of my cells. I can't get this out of my, I have dreams at night or I have these like, thoughts all the time that I catch because it's so deeply ingrained. So I'm curious what your thoughts are about that, Trace. Like, how do people unindoctrinate themselves from this other than just trying to logic it away? Healing. Heal, I mean, healing, healing is an essential part of the spiritual journey. Um, so doing healing on your wounds, healing on your trauma, um, healing on your any stuck emotions, mm-hmm. uh, healing on your past... Uh, forgiving your past, forgiving your up your upbringing. Um, so I think uh, healing and and um, aligning yourself and and really waking up, mm-hmm. I think, are the two most important things. So so like I said, healing those parts of you, uh, healing your healing your past, and then also uh, consciously starting to align yourself more uh, with truth. So mm-hmm. this is um, meditation, uh, journaling. Uh, prayer if contemplative prayer which some, a lot of people love um, whatever practices work best for you um, but the more that you heal that stuff in you and the more that you consciously align yourself more to the truth of love and the truth of the universe is how you really start to move on and heal these ideas within you because once you start to have enough experiential um experience i almost said experiential experiences it's a little mm-hmm. bit redundant but once you start to have enough once you really start to experience the true nature of, of reality and the true nature of, of the universe and the true nature of yourself more, um, it starts to become such a lived experience right. that it, even an idea like this, in the past that you might have even like believed and existed in your subconscious, this idea isn't even something that you, you can just see right through it. And it's just love. You're so aligned with love that any idea that's, that's not love um, is something that doesn't even have any space within your being mm. to exist within. You, you you raise your vibration to such an extent that any sort of lower vibration doesn't even have any space or room to fit within. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my answer is both healing and mm. consciously aligning yourself more to the love and truth of the universe. Um, that's just any any sort of spiritual practices 
um, that work best for you. Yeah, I love that so much. I agree wholeheartedly. And as a matter of fact, those two things that you just named are two components of our new Art of Awakening course that's starting in April. So that's right. You could just go to tracebell3ls.com and see under courses Art of Awakening. So we're really excited about that. The other thing I want to add, because I think that answer is absolutely brilliant, healing and setting yourself up through practices to actually experience one the truth of oneness. And if you've been doing that for a little while and you're like, I still haven't, I still am not there, I'm still in my head, whatever that is, I love the, I guess I would call it a prayer or request or intention of quote unquote, show me. Mm. Spirit, show me. Source, show me. And then I don't try to force the thing. It's show me and then it's trusting. And paying attention. But... Anytime I'm wanting to experience the capital T truth of some something new that my head's like, oh, I'm on board with that, but my body's still like kind of wonky around it. Spirit, show me. You can write it down. You can sit in meditation with that intention. And then just go about your daily life and watch. And again, it's not watching like you're, <laughs> I don't know why I just saw this image, but like, a super excited dog waiting for the Amazon driver to like deliver treats. Like you're not sitting at the window with your tail wagging, like waiting for the Amazon truck to pull up. When I say pay attention, I mean, just remember that you set this intention. And so when you start to have like an intuitive sense that spirits answering that intention, that there's a situation that's happening where You're like, wait a minute, this is subtle, but I think I'm starting to get it. I think I'm starting to feel it. Trust that. It's a lot less frequent that in day-to-day life that we have these like awakening experiences that are earth shattering and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt in that moment that it's all, it happens sometimes to some people, but more commonly, I think it starts to come in little winks and nudges. Mm-hmm. And remember that source or spirit, whatever you want to call it, is giving you what you can handle at the time. And so like someone like Eckhart Tolle, who had like a massive awakening in a moment, his being, his body was ready for that. And that's how it happened for him. But for a lot of people, it's going to happen probably a bit more slowly or a bit more gracefully or a bit more subtly. Trust that it's still happening, that the message that's being sent to you is still capital T true. It's just that like those smaller doses, like it's probably pretty rare to have a human being go from drinking their mother's milk to all of a sudden eating a full five course meal with a steak. Like I can't even imagine that that's a, that that would ever transpire, but maybe it has much more likely you're going to go from your mother's milk to smashed up carrots or whatever and sweet potatoes to, you know, those teething crackers, whatever that is, like whatever that natural course is. And now we eat the way that we eat as adults. We didn't start out that way. And spiritual awakening tends to be much the same. Uh, I know that psychedelic experiences can provide people with kind of like a faster or more direct 
kind of like a media experience. Like, okay, you're going on a journey, a mushroom journey, and you're setting intentions around that mushroom journey and you have certain questions and you're going to allow that experience to happen. Obviously, that might be a scenario where something someone has in some ways like a much more instantaneous awakening but none of them none of these ways are more right or less right than any others so if you're interested if you're curious about feeling the truth the capital T truth of who you are on a cellular level on a cosmic level on a very human level on all the levels start with show me And then trust you'll be guided. You'll be shown and guided every step of the way. Shown and guided. And your job then is to recognize and be grateful. Mm -hmm. You see it, you say thank you. You see it, you say thank you, you believe it. You don't then start doubting yourself. I mean, that might be a natural reaction, but at the end of the day, it's also kind of kneecapping yourself. So you go, oh. Even if the most you can get in that moment is curious. Even if you're not convinced, right? Huh. I wonder what that was. Be grateful for that. Be grateful for that. Spirit, show me more. I, I like it where this is going. Give me a little more. Yeah, the, the reason, I'll, I think I'll just end it on this. The reason the reason that you can you can find out and awaken to the truth of the universe is because you are the universe. The reason you can find out uh, the truth of source is because you are source. Um, if, we were, if we were just purely humans trying to find capital T truth and trying to find source, um, it'd be a little more difficult. But the thing is, we're source. And source wants to find source. So if you, when you align yourself with that, like you're saying, when you align yourself with that pass, path, listen, set the intentions, um, you will be guided because mm-hmm. that's what you are. And it, it always comes back to, we, we all will go back home no matter what our path or journey is. Um, mm. So you can align yourself to an intentional path. It's really beautiful. I love that so much. Yeah. And we love all of you. Thank we you We love for you being all so us. much. We'd love to work with you. Tracebell.com, T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. We love you all so much. Remember, stay curious.